Welcome to the COVID Lexington podcast, timely conversations highlighting local community leaders and experts to keep you informed during the COVID-19 era. We plan to present insights to help you thrive and opportunities to help your neighbors and communities, all brought to you from a safe social distance from our homes across Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, uh, Cameron Hamilton back here again for another uh, great episode of the COVID Lexington podcast. Today I have my great friend Emily Miller on and Emily you brought us a, a fantastic guest for this week. So Emily who are we chatting with today? Today we're going to be chatting with Amy Varner who is the owner of Fleet out in the summit. Um, this is something near and dear to my runner myself and um, we just thought it might be a good idea to kind of get the retail perspective knowing that uh, retail is going to be up and running next Wednesday the 20th which we um, are all super excited about but um, yeah Amy welcome thank you thanks guys I'm really excited to be talking to you guys today and ramping up for the 20th which is coming shortly so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, kind of where you're from how you got to Lexington and Fleet Feet and Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have uh, been a runner for, I guess I'll call it my adult life. I was not a runner in high school or college really, but after I got out of college, um, I really found a love for actually triathlon, um, which led me into running as well, since that's one third of it. Um, And I was living in Chicago at the time and my go-to store became Fleet Feet actually. Um, And, you know, I was in advertising the whole time. Um, And then I just, I knew I wanted to do something different with my life. I knew I wanted to, you know, be my own boss, own a little piece of the world myself. Um, And, you know, Flea Feet had been there for me and, you know, really had changed my life, you know, as I got into the new sport and, you know, really made a huge difference to me. So that's when I realized that that could be a a great fit for me. So I reached out to Fleet Feet and, uh, Gosh, you know, here I'm sitting here now today, not what I thought I was going to be doing currently, Um, but we actually opened March 1st in 2019, so we're just over a year old. Um, You know, we moved to Lexington because I was looking for a city that was smaller than Chicago, but bigger than my little town in Michigan I was living in at the time, and it was just like the the best fit for me. I've absolutely loved it being here. Um, The community has just been absolutely amazing, and even through all of this and you know, everyone's going through these hardships, but the community just rallied around it and it just solidifies that, you know, I made the best choice in the world to be here and to be with Fleet Feet, so. Awesome. Well, yeah, I am, I'm a Lexingtonian born and raised. I I did get to live in North Carolina for about 13 years, so I do have a little bit of of outer Lexington perspective, but, um, you know, I know I'm biased to Lexington, um, love the city, and glad to know that you have kind of found this as a, as a home away from home. Um, oh, yeah. Um, okay, so one year into the business and COVID hits. Yeah. What has been some of the most, I mean, you know, in general, being a business owner your first year, I know there, there are difficult things that you're up against, but with COVID being thrown in here, what have been some of the biggest obstacles and how have you been able to overcome and achieve them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so you know, like I was just, you know, we, one year in, we had just had our one year anniversary party, I think a week or two before we got shut down. And, you know, everything was really going great. I mean, owning a business is a 
roller coaster of emotions every single day, but it has been absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, so obviously when this happened one year in, um, you know, it was, it was, it was devastating. Um, but you know, everyone's taking that hit across the board. So I just try to keep that in mind and stay positive. Um, and some of the great things that have actually come out of it is we've kind of reworked how we have to operate, obviously. You know, we're very hands-on in what we do here. You know, we're very involved in looking at people's feet and injuries and really like being up close and personal with someone. Um, so when our doors were shut and we couldn't do that anymore, it really forced us to think outside the box. Um, you know, we started doing virtual fits and doing appointments for that over Zoom meetings. Um, so you still get that interaction and that face-to-face -face and that one-on-one -on -one time to really kind of learn about them. Um, you know, kind of doing like curbside kind of situations where people can call in, have conversations. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I've text pictures of different outfits and different apparel pieces too. Um, so, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're definitely pulled apart, but in a way it's brought a lot closer to a lot of the people that I'm, you know, chatting on my, you know, cell phone with and texting them pictures of different things and having those conversations. Um, and, you know, as we're starting to reopen, one of the things that, well, we're taking many things from this, but one of them is we're booking appointments now, which I think is a fantastic thing because you know that, you know, it can get busy in here, but at least we know we have that dedicated time for that person. Um, so that's going to help us. And, you know, that's going to kind of change how we do things. Um, you know, as we reopen, our fit process is going to have to change. Um, but, you know, we're just learning kind of how to roll with it. And like I said, a lot of really great things are coming out of it, too, uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> Well, that, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that about the um, Zoom meetings to kind of do the virtual fit. Um, you know, I was first introduced to Fleet Feet back in the fall when uh, Emily, my other friend Emily, and I came to get a, um, a fitting, and it was an experience that I had not had at any other shoe store. So for those of you who have never been to Fleet Feet or don't really know kind of the concept, but when you go in, I mean, they are taking a hands-on approach, um, and um, Amy... Let me let me have you explain the process because you'll be able to do it more justice. You know, um, yeah. what it was like when it was hands on and when people were in the store. Yeah, let me go ahead and give the the old way of doing it and what we will come back to someday. Um, you know, our our approach is we really like to know everything we can know about a person. Um, you know, we're not just for runners. Uh, you know, we carry running shoes, running apparel, all that. But you know, if you you know, everyone needs good shoes and a solid foundation for themselves, whether you're running or walking or just on your feet a lot during the day. Um, so, you know, our, our system for our fit process is we like to sit down and really get to know, you know, what, what category you kind of fall in. What do you need these shoes for? Um, you know, your aches and pains, how you felt in the past, injuries, goals, really anything we can know about you to kind of help narrow down what our wall looks like to find that perfect shoe for you. We have a lot of different shoes and it's not going to be great for everyone. Um, so after we do that, we like to do a barefoot assessment. Um, so we, you know, we have you take your shoes off. We take a look at your shoe pattern, your wear pattern, if they're the shoes that you've been running in. Um, but then, you know, we really get close and we'd like to take a look at your feet and look for injuries you might not even be realizing that are there, you know, extra redness or, you know, blisters, if something's too tight, um, you know, things that we can kind of take a look at and see. And then the third portion of it uh, is which one of our favorite things to do. It's called our fit ID. You stand on it and it takes a 3D scan of your foot. Uh, what's great about that is it gives us some exact measurements. It gives us the length of your foot, you know, the width of your foot, your arch height, your instep height, your heel width. 
Uh, and a lot of that is what we can see. You know, we see a lot of feet every single day, but it really allows us to kind of show you what you're looking at too. Um, and again, those really precise measurements just help us again, kind of further down, narrow down that wall for what you're looking at. And then we kind of usually will finish up with a gait analysis, um, really just see how you're actually moving. You know, it's one thing when you're just sitting there or standing on the fit ID. Um, but we want to see how you're moving too, because that all comes into play at the end of the day of what's going to work best for you. Um, you know, we take that all into consideration, bring out some shoes that we think are going to be a you know, great fit for you. And then the most important thing is how it feels on your feet. So, you know, that's what's going to be the most important thing at the end of the day. So it's, uh, like I said, we really, we really take a lot of care in each person because everyone's different and everyone has different needs. Which is, which is interesting and goes back to, you know, kind of a new model approach that you guys might be incorporating in with the uh, appointments. Because, you know, as you said, I mean, each person that comes in, I mean, you are taking time to spend with them. And, you know, if you've got two or three people that walk in at the same time, that can be a little problematic. So if you have these appointments set and to be able to have more one-on-one -on -one attention, that's, that's um, you know, it seems like that's a win-win right there. It is. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, I mean... Don't get me wrong, it's sometimes fun to do group fits too, but um, being able to really dedicate that time is good because, I mean, it can take a while sometimes. And when we work with every person who comes in, if you say you have 10 minutes and you're desperate, we will, we will expedite the process and kind of go to the main points. We might not go through uh, everything with you one-on-one, -on -one, but we're still going to be able to help you in that kind of way. But yeah, a lot of the times those fits can take a while because we really want to know everything we can know about you not just, you know, guess a color that you like and put a shoe on your foot. Well, and I, based on my experience, I, you know, I've been running um, most of my adult life and have always experienced blisters until, until I found blue feet. So thank you. Yes. Good. <laughs> my feet. Thank you for that. Oh, happy to do it. <laughs> so Amy, our, our listeners can't see what I can see on this zoom call, but it looks like you're in your kind of back room. Uh, of the facility and I see your marker board behind you and no no employee schedules or anything I can see I see something that says running is not canceled and yes yes you can read that <laughs> in my experience that is very true I see so many more of my neighbors out pounding the pavement uh, around my neighborhood what, what have you seen going on in Lexington as we've kind of uh, you know locked down in our homes what's the running atmosphere like around town yeah i think you guys can probably all see it for yourselves too i know when i sit here in the you know in the store kind of getting ready to reopen every day i see more runners and walkers going by than i ever have before you know same thing when i'm at home getting out um you know i mean it's kind of like been a resurgence for this being outdoor and getting around and moving. And I mean, it's a terrible way it had to happen, but you know, it's again, a silver lining all across the country. People are actually really starting to get out and get on their feet more, um, you know, with the gyms being closed, which I absolutely hate seeing, you know, people are needing a different outlet to do it. Um, so a lot of them are turning to that running or walking. I mean, we have first time people getting out, uh, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten when I've been at the store and you know, it's, it's people who have never, never really gotten a good pair of shoes before. And all of a sudden, you know, they're walking a few, few miles every day for the first time. And you know, they're realizing what a difference it can make, um, which it, it's absolutely thrilling for me to be able to kind of sit down and talk to them and kind of introduce them to, you know, what you can do as far as shoes, socks, inserts, and the difference it's going to make for them. Uh, so Again, terrible way for it to happen, but it's something you know we're seeing all over the country. Um, it's just bringing running back, back. 
Well, I think it's important, you know, given the situation, everything that's going on, and it can be so gloom and doom to, to find these silver linings. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to have a podcast about this, you know, just, we know there's good things to tell and we want to, we want them to be shared. And so, you know, to that point, just knowing that people are, are connecting more with outdoors and being active, um, you know, and it's, it's just such a good feeling once you experience that. Yeah. I really think people are, I mean, again, silver linings, you got to find them because otherwise you can just look at all the sadness, but there's been so many good things that come out of this. I mean, your podcast, you, you know, we're communicating in different ways now that are opening up different channels for people. Um, you know, I know personally, like I've been talking to other owner friends, maybe more than I ever had before. And, you know, sometimes it's just to cry on each other's shoulders or lift each other up. But again, I'm communicating a lot more with people. I'm getting, you know, these phone calls from people that I wouldn't have heard from before. So it, it's opening out the, all these new doors. And again, I hope that that kind of continues as we transition into whatever this new normal is going to be. So with Wednesday the 20th quickly approaching. Yes. Tips, tricks, anything to share with consumers in regards to how the new normal is going to look on the retail side of things? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be different, um, you know, in a way, you know, I was talking about our fit process earlier and that barefoot assessment, uh, you know, that's unfortunately something that we're probably going to have to eliminate. We can't get up close and personal. We, you know, we're leaving socks on just for safety measures and things like that. Um, you know, but we're still going to be able to give that one-on-one -on -one attention. Um, inside our store, we're going to have uh, capacity restrictions based on how many people we can come in here, which is one of the reasons we really like the appointment-based system because you're guaranteed your spot if you have an appointment book. Um, you know, we're obviously adhering to all the, all the guidelines. We're doing our six feet. Um, we're all going to be wearing hand masks, sanita hand sanitizer stations. Uh, you know, we'll actually have little guards up on the floor to separate each person um, who's in their own little fit station. So, uh, you know, again, we're just trying to go above and what we can do to make people feel safe when they come in here. Um, obviously, my staff is my family and they mean the world to me. So it's just as important to keep them safe as it is to keep myself safe and all my customers safe like i said this is a community so i want to make sure everyone is safe and healthy and feels safe um, which is why we're also continuing with virtual fits in case you don't feel comfortable coming in we'll still happily do a zoom call with anyone and work on it that way um, you know we can do curbside service a lot of people can try the shoes on you know drive up just try the shoes on maybe we've narrowed it down for you and do it that way um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, ever evolving process. I feel to see how this goes. I, I've been trying to plan for every contingency on the uh, 20th and I'm just like, at some point I got to let it go and just see how everything works out and make changes on the fly. And, you know, luckily my staff is absolutely amazing and they're like, it's cool. We're good. <laughs> We're going to make it through this. It'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to again, having, having people back in and being able to have those interactions again and, you know, see people happy with the shoes on their feet. Yes. Well, and from what I understand too, I think uh, Governor Bashir has said that we should be able to um, have group runs on the 22nd. I've heard that we're starting to be able to have some stuff going on there. So yeah, we're kind of working with uh, what we have to be able to move that forward. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to run with everyone again. My, I love my dogs, but they're not much for uh, conversation. 
I've seen although I do try I do try <laughs> I've seen a lot of Facebook posts of just dogs that are absolutely worn out you know it's like they're they're panting before you even ask them if they want to go on a walk so those are mine I think they hate me but it's good for everyone um, while I'm thinking about it one thing that um, I'd like to touch on for you and Fleet Beat and this was kind of a big seller for me on you guys is the return policy yes yeah so we have a six 60-day return policy on everything in our store. Um, you know, whether you, you go out and you run in it, wear it, whatever you do to it, it's not like you have to like stand in your living room. Um, we have 60 days on everything. And I mean, it's just important to me. Like, I mean, it's different when you're bouncing around the store, even if you take a little jog outside to actually get in and feel your shoe. And I, I never want someone to feel like they're stuck with a shoe that makes them unhappy. I mean, Nothing makes me happier than having someone really have a really good change in their shoe and all of a sudden realize, like, I can run without pain. So, yeah, we have a 60-day return policy, and, you know, we just want to make it right. We want to make sure everyone's happy in what they have. Well, and I think that's going to be a big key component for you guys, too, when you are doing these virtual fits. And mm -hmm. know, people that can't be in the store walking around you know, the benches and just kind of moving around the store to fill them. If, if you are doing this virtual fit, you pick it up curbside, you take it home and you go for a walk and you're like, this is not going to work to know that they've got the guarantee to be able to bring it back. I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like, it, like you said, that's, that's the hardest part of the curbside fit is not being able to try it on uh, or I'm sorry, the virtual fit. Um, but you know, every time we do one of these, we'll usually set you up um, in our computer system and make notes of, you know, other shoes that we talked about um, and what else might work just so we have, have that information to go back on in case it's not the one for you. It's like, well, that's fine. We talked about two other shoes that might be the perfect fit for you. Everyone's a little different and it's going to feel different on everyone's foot. Um, so hopefully of the few that we talked about, we'll usually get it right. You all are out in the summit at Fritz Farm and that's kind of one of the newer uh, centers of commerce in Lexington. What are you seeing as kind of the temperature of the ecosystem out there as far as business owners' expectations of, of opening up and, and what kind of traffic you're seeing? Just how does it feel as an owner being out there in that community? Yeah, I mean, normally I love it out here. It's definitely been a weird kind of ghost town out here. Um, you know, they are doing a lot of construction here though still, so things are still planning on opening up in the future, so that'll be a big change. Um, you know, obviously it's strange kind of seeing the parking lots empty, but I mean, I can tell you in the last week, I've seen way more traffic as stores start, you know, getting back and getting ready to reopen. Um, you know, if they haven't been able to do curbside things, you're starting to see those stores prepare for, hopefully it's Wednesday for them. Um, and in addition to that, like a lot more people just walking around. I, I think you can kind of tell people are starting to get tired of being cooped up. So, you know, even people just kind of walking around, we've seen a little bit more curbside stuff where people will call us and, you know, we can kind of come out and chat with them at a social distance uh, and see what's going on with them. So it gives us a little bit of other opportunities, but you can definitely kind of see the change in the air in the last week. A little bit more optimism and excitement then. It is, you know, it, it makes you, it's something to look forward to. It's great. People are, people are done with it and, you know, still being safe and respectful. Everyone's wearing their mask and it's great, but it, it's nice to kind of see that people are ready to see what the next phase could be. So when I first met you back in the fall, um, it was uh, because the Marine Corps Marathon, 
that Emily and I were doing. And mm -hmm. um, a big component of that marathon was fundraising. Um, and I can just remember, you know, the first time meeting you and you hearing about the other Emily story, um, you know, while we were doing the race. And you were just so supportive of the mission. Um, and so I know that you are, um, you know, very giving and there are things that you like to do for the community. It, what's what's kind of the, the big thing for you right now that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, quite honestly, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted my own thing is so I could give back. Um, and, you know, that's been really important to me to do what I can. And it's not always a lot, but anytime I can do anything or at least get words out, I want to do that. Um, and, you know, as, as a whole fleet feed actually just recently in the last year, um, announced their national, uh, ties with the girls on the run. So we're, we have a partnership with them, which thrilled me because I think it's a fantastic program and things we were working with even before it was a national initiative. Um, and again, you know, kind of, again, going back to those silver linings of things, one of the things that we had been doing when we were closed is, you know, we had an outpouring of support from the community. So, but not everyone necessarily needed new running shoes at the time. They had just updated or, you know, didn't need it. Um, but one of the programs that we kind of rolled out is that anyone who wanted to help could essentially purchase a pair of shoes from us. Um, and we're actually going to, once we can get out of here and have a little bit more freedom, we're going to donate those shoes to Girls on the Run. Um, so if there are any girls in that program who, you know, have stepped up and they're they're doing all this but need a new solid pair of shoes because it's it's important to get it right you know at the youngest age so we're doing that and i'm absolutely excited to see how many people have kind of stepped up and wanted to help in that way awesome and girls on the run is a really neat program i don't for any listeners out there that aren't familiar with it um it's a program where you take third to fifth graders and you help them train to run their first 5k so it's it's you know and it and and in addition to that, I, sh I shouldn't just say just that, but um, in addition to that, it also helps build self-esteem, um, you know, builds character, um, team building with the other girls on your team. It's a really neat program that I've actually um, had the opportunity to be able to coach a couple of years. So it's a lot of fun. But, and you're not going to yeah. brag on yourself, Emily, but I think equally important is the mentor relationship that you all are providing for those young women, young ladies. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot to be said about the program, so. Normally this time of year, it's starting to heat up, and when it's getting hot, I know it's time to go do the uh, Bluegrass 10,000 downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of a big event for me in, in my business because we're on the route, but uh, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year, but, you know, everyone kind of has their races on the calendar. Um, you know, how are you and, you know, really running the community, how are people staying excited and um, you know, are you seeing excitement about taking those races online? Yeah, I mean, I think people have really kind of stepped up. And again, like, obviously, the best part of a race is kind of that camaraderie when everyone's there and the energy is going and you got the adrenaline pumping as you're running with hundreds or thousands of other people. Um, you know, but that's just, you know, not the reality right now. So all of a sudden, you have these virtual races that are really taking off. I mean, we're Fleet Feet's doing a virtual race on Global Running Day in June. Um, and it's kind of a nationwide thing. But it's really cool because you start seeing like, you know, Facebook groups being created around this. And it's this whole new community. It's in a different way, but you're still 
kind of supporting everyone and being able to be part of it in a, in a different way. So it's exciting to kind of see that change happen until we can get our actual, actual races back. Well, I think um, a good way to maybe possibly end the podcast um, is to ask Amy, is there any advice that you would give to um, the new, the new walkers, runners, um, you know, people that are starting to get outside and experience, you know, pavement because of COVID and shutdown of gyms and everything else. Is there any advice that you would give to these people? Oh yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is stick with it. Uh, I feel like a lot of people get into running and get excited about running or walking, um, but then realize it's not always easy. Um, but it is the most rewarding sport I have ever, ever had in my life. Um, there's nothing more accomplishing than going further than you did the day before. So if you just stick with it, um, I will say, make sure you have good gear because it's going to make it a lot easier to do it. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, just enjoy it. Uh, you know, you don't have to push yourself to be a marathoner if you're, you know, just getting out there for the first time. Just, and you don't even have to necessarily go further than you did the day before. You're going to have setbacks and, you know, that's okay. Have those days, but at the end of the day, just stick with it. And if you look back a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, where you are, you're going to be so proud of yourself. And it's a feeling like, like you wouldn't believe. So stay with it. Well said. <laughs> um, well, before we go, do you want to just kind of give a, a quick shout out as to um, what's the best way to reach you or set an appointment or if anyone's interested in getting more information about your store? Yeah, absolutely. So best ways is I'm, I'm constantly trying to update on our Facebook page, Fleet Feet Lexington. I know in the last two months, people are probably sick of seeing my face because I record a video constantly. Uh, but that's where we'll have a lot of our information. Our website is fleetfeetlexington.com. And on there, you can book appointments um, for fittings and all of that and have a little bit more information about how we're, you know, what the new normal of the store is. Um, so that's a great way to book appointments. And like I said, we're doing walk-ins, but if you, if you can book an appointment, that is definitely the best way to do it. Um, you know, I recommend calling the store, but also email me, amy at fleetfeetlexington.com. Um, I love hearing from anyone and everyone, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to every email I get because I just love talking about running or walking or shoes or literally anything. So, I mean, if you want to send me a carrier pigeon, that'll work too. But like I said, all of our information is easily found on our social media channels. Um, but like I said, call me or email me anytime. Awesome. Well, I mean, it's, it's clear you have a passion. So I'm excited for you to be able to, to share that with Lexington again. I think everyone's going to be better off because of it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next Wednesday at 1130 with my appointment. I will see you. I can't wait. <laughs> thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to Amy Varner, owner of Fleet Feet Lexington, for taking time out of her busy ramp up uh, to give us a personal insight into what retail businesses are thinking as we ease some restrictions this week. Uh, we wrap up uh, this week with our nonprofit spotlight. Uh, my friends Stephanie and Richard hosted Brandilyn Foster, who's the communications coordinator for Lexington Habitat for Humanity. Uh, everyone knows the great work they do in our community. And Brandilyn discussed how the longer this crisis continues, the more the pandemic will also become a housing emergency uh, and some actions they're taking uh, to blunt that reality in Lexington. So take it away, Stephanie, thanks. Hi everyone, this is Stephanie Little. I am in the Leadership Lexington class of 2019-2020.
And today my classmate Richard Compton is with me. Hi, Richard. Hi, how are you doing, Stephanie? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for being with me today. We are going to um, have an interview and a quick chat with Brandilyn Foster. She is the communications coordinator for the Lexington Habitat for Humanity. So Brandilyn, thank you for being here today. Hi, no, thank you all for having us. We really appreciate it. So I wanted to start out today and just give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about Lexington Habitat for Humanity and what your mission is. Well, driven by the vision that everyone deserves a decent place to live, Lexington Habitat has been building and rehabilitating homes in Lexington for over 30 years. So that's nearly 600 projects. About 100 households have been served through critical home repair through our Love Your Neighborhood program. And then right over 465 are our homebuyer projects, which we're known for. Um, one of the coolest parts of our program is that Lexington Habitat homebuyers help build their own homes and pay an affordable mortgage. And then those low-income homeowners who have the opportunity to repair and preserve their homes. Um, under typical circumstances, we also operate two restores, which are donation centers and home improvement stores um, that help fund our mission and divert over 800 tons of materials every year from the landfill. That's awesome. Could you talk a little bit about how Restore works? Like, does it, do you all take donations? How does, how does that um, system work? Definitely. So we are a home improvement store that sells new and used furniture, appliances, building materials, and more. It's open to the public to make purchases. And we also accept donations from individuals and businesses. And we often also pick them up. We have a free pickup service or do deconstruction services for our cabinet sets. And when you donate items or purchase items there, the net proceeds help us build and prepare homes in Lexington. And Brandilyn, that's uh, located on Southland Drive next to um, Good Foods Co-op, right? Yes, yes, we have two locations. Our original is that one you just mentioned. It's uh, on Southland Drive. And then we have one that opened in 2018 on Winchester Road. Okay, good, good. Um, how has your nonprofit uh, Habitat for Humanity been impacted by COVID-19? You, are you having to like reduce your volunteer level or anything like that? Are people still able to get out during the crisis we're going on right now or what? Definitely. So though the need for a stable, affordable place to live is clearer than ever as we all strive to be healthy from home, um, it just became much more difficult for us to achieve. Um, we have had to temporarily close those two restore locations, and of course, we can't host any in-person fundraising events. So this loss of revenue is immediately impacting our ability to serve families now and in the future. And um, we've also suspended all in-person volunteer activity um, until further notice. So our volunteers contributed over 35,000 hours with us last year. Um, they quite literally are how we do what we do. So that was a huge loss. Um, right now, our staff are working from home as much as possible with all of our offices and build sites close to the public. Um, but we also anticipate a huge spike in the need for our services. So staying at home, it intensifies the struggles from inadequate and overpriced conditions that the folks we partner with already face. Um, unhealthy, unstable homes affected by problems like mold and broken water heaters, homes that are overcrowded 
because that's all the budget allows. Um, it's just been a distressing reminder of how close to the financial edge a lot of folks already live. So as the economic shocks from this crisis ripple out, we think the families that we partner with will be hit the hardest. <laughs> okay, well, with the, um, with the COVID-19 situation we have right now, what about donations? Are you still hopefully having those rolling in like they have before, or have you seen any change in that? Mm -hmm. um, we definitely still need and accept donations, and we've had a lot of generous folks step up, but it is a difficult time to fundraise. Um, we have seen a downturn. Um, I think that's for everyone across the board, um, as all like, businesses and families um, deal with the economic shocks of it. So yes, we're still accepting them like everyone else. It's something that we're just having to continue to work on and know that there's a lot of nonprofits that need support in our community. <laughs> we're all just gonna have to work together. And I would expect you're probably hoping that when things start to get back to normal a little bit again, that with, uh, I guess, the backup of, the two, of needs that you have right now from people that you need to serve, that hopefully the volunteers will all come at once and <laughs> we can get a lot of work done immediately. I'm, I'm sure that's your hope. Oh, yeah. We daydream about that every day. <laughs> so, oh, sure. Especially with our home repair program, we have the capacity to do so many more than we do it's held up most often by funding um so when we have these volunteers that help us build new homes and this funding that helps us repair existing homes when people donate and volunteer that really does mean more families are served so definitely yeah and i think we live in such a great community where people do want to give back and they do want to help so i'm really hopeful that when things start to transition to somewhat normal. I know we're not going to go right back to normal, but when we start to transition back to some version of normal, I think people hopefully will really want to get out and help and want to volunteer. So I hope you guys see that when it's, when it starts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I and, think we will. I'm remaining optimistic. <laughs> yes. That's the only thing you can be right now is optimistic. <laughs> yes. Um, and Brandilyn, how are you guys continuing to serve um, your population right now? Can people, can you even serve your population? Can people apply if they need help with their homes or kind of what is your situation right now with Habitat for Humanity? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great question. Uh, we continuously adapt to meet the needs of the folks that we partner with. So we quickly created a new mortgage relief program um, that allows our qualified homeowners whose employment has been negatively affected due to COVID-19 uh, to defer their mortgage payments for up to three months. And I believe we'll continue to revisit that as needed. Um, we're also doing a lot of connecting families that we partner with and even those that are not in our program, uh, connecting them with resources and making referrals. Um, we are continuing to build and repair homes with extra safety precautions and staff only. So as you can imagine, with only two staff members, it goes a lot slower, but <laughs> we are um, still building homes, communities, and hope that way. Um, we've also been participating in some advocacy efforts. So we know that more than one in nine Kentucky families pay half or more of their income on housing, which leaves little to no margin for lost income, healthcare expenses, um, basically everything that's going on right now. Right. So we know the longer this goes on, um, the more the, the pandemic will also become a housing emergency. Um, so we've been 
calling on policymakers to ensure housing stability for low-income families. That's so smart. I feel like you guys have done a really great job of taking a really difficult situation and saying, okay, these needs are still there. And in fact, they're probably getting bigger as this is going on. And I love that you guys are still building homes as you can. I know it's not as quick, um, but you're still doing it. And I really like that mortgage program. I think that's smart. And the smartest thing is to be advocating. That's, that's such a great idea. And I'm glad you guys are doing that. How can the community help you right now during this time? Um, what are your needs as far as anything that people can do, you know, immediately as, as before we get to gradually get back to uh, the normal that, that Stephanie was talking about? Uh, just today, if, if, if we ask you, what do you need? How can people help right now? What would you say? Definitely. There are still several ways to get involved um, from your home. <laughs> we are asking for donations. We're asking folks to create Facebook fundraisers for us. They can purchase a Restore gift card to use later. Um, you can also sign on to our advocacy efforts. We are also working on remote volunteer opportunities. Um, so you can follow us on social media to learn more about all of that and see those as they become available. Um, but most of all, we just want folks to stay safe and take care of themselves and check on their neighbors so that we can get through this and get back to helping families build, build back. And we can do that together. Sure, sure. And, and I would assume your Facebook page is probably uh, Lexington specific that you're talking about? Yep. Lexington Habitat for Humanity We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, very good. Very good. We post almost every day. Um, we just posted a build update video from the site uh, this morning, actually. So we would love it if folks would follow us on social media. That's Lexington Habitat for Humanity. And then our website is uh, lexhabitat.org. Perfect. I think you that guys are being great. Yeah, you're being so smart and so innovative. I feel like it's the, the word of the year, but I keep saying you have to pivot. You've got to, you know, be creative and come up with, you know, I know you said you're, you guys are trying to come up with ways for people to virtually volunteer. And it sounds like you guys have done a really great job of, of you know, trying to figure out what you can do during this time and still serve the population that needs you all so much. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you all. And I think you all are adapting quickly, too, with like the podcast here. It's interesting to see how everyone in our community is so quick to, to pivot, like you said, and then partner together. Yeah, and we're so yeah, lucky to live in this community. We, we, I, I feel very blessed, and I think, Richard, you probably feel the same way. We're in such a great community. I do, and it just so many people have creative ideas, and just no one's just sitting around waiting for something to happen. People you know, get to thinking and, and figuring out what they need to do, and I, I think it's worked great for a lot of people. I agree. And I'm happy, um, Brandilyn, that you guys are doing the work that you're doing and um, you guys are doing such a good job of being innovative and figuring out this difficult time. So thank you for your time today. Thank you uh, for what Lexington Habitat for Humanity is doing. And we'll make sure um, to keep supporting you all through this difficult time and you guys all stay healthy and take care.